Welcome to Study, Grow, Know, where we discuss theology, prophecy, and current political issues from a conservative biblical perspective. Here's your host, Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Hi, everyone, and thank you so much for joining me. This is Dr. Fred. Today, we're going to be looking at part three of Rethinking Revelation 6. Now, those of you that have been following along in the second installment of this series, I, I took the time to expand on the first seal of Revelation 6, 1 and 2, dealing with what most commentators believe is the Antichrist and what I believe is the actual process highlighted in those two verses, which allows him to climb to the top of the political heap. And he will ultimately gain enough power to confirm a covenant that will be in existence at that point between Israel and neighboring nations. So he will obviously, when he does that, based on Daniel 9, 24 to 27, he will have the authority, the sole authority to do that. So I came to this conclusion simply because unlike the specifics in places like Zechariah 9, 9 and 10, or even in Daniel 9, 24 to 27, there's absolutely nothing mentioned that I can see in Revelation 6, 1 and 2 that shows a specific point when Antichrist actually confirms a covenant. And in fact, a covenant isn't even mentioned in those two verses. So the Revelation 6, 1 and 2 verses are general in pointing out his rise to prominence over time. He doesn't just come on the scene and poof, there he is magically appearing as the ruler of the world. It takes time to get to that spot. The start of the tribulation may well be built into these two verses in Revelation 6, 1 and 2. Uh, there's nothing in them that I notice that I can see that clearly denotes the exact start. As, for instance, Daniel 9, 24 to 27 tends to do uh, with a specific event in mind, and also Zechariah 9, 9 and 10. So in Revelation 6, 1-2, a white horse and rider ride out, and he begins conquering over time. I noted previously he is likely in the world now and already well-established within political circles, climbing to the top, where he will take the reins of the world and rule as a tyrant, forcing the world to worship him or die. All things point to the fact that the Antichrist will likely rise within the political circles of Western Europe, not the United States. Now, again, this can't occur overnight. It just can't. It, it, I can't see how it will, because things will take place naturally. But we could be on the cusp of seeing one man start to rise above all the rest. And aside from the potential ramifications of the first seal, I also asked previously whether or not it's possible that some of the other seals, two, three, and four, might also be starting to open up as well. Well, it's possible, but I'll say it again. I could be wrong. I'm simply really wondering out loud. This is an exercise for me. If other people want to read it and join in and find uh, veracity in it or questions, that's great. If the start of the tribulation is built into Revelation 6 somewhere, I can't point to a specific verse or part of a verse and say, see, there, there's the start right there. I can't do that. We can simply assume 
but assumptions are not necessarily facts. The specific starting point of the tribulation called out in Revelation 6 is just not obvious to me. Maybe it's obvious to you, and if it is, please let me know. And I also previously began talking about the second seal of Revelation 6, 3, and 4, which says this, when he opened the second seal, and that's of course, is Jesus opening the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, come and see. Well, another fiery horse, uh, another horse, fiery red went out and it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth and that people should kill one another. And there was given to him a great sword. Now, the rider on the red horse is tasked with removing peace from the earth. I don't believe the verse is limited to conventional war either because of the phrase, and that people should kill one another. But it could also include general unrest created by political division throughout society. Now, we see conventional war uh, being used in, you know, using the military in Ukraine, for instance. And we also have a type of war using militant Marxist groups like BLM and Antifa and even the LGBTQ plus movement throughout America to upset and overturn society's status quo. This certainly has put people at odds and there is warring within society. The mass movement of refugees throughout the world also creates disharmony and upheaval in society. So if we then consider the third seal, we learn that a huge global scarcity is coming to this planet. Revelation 6, 5 and 6 says this, When he opened the third seal, I heard the living creature say, Come and see. So I looked, and behold, a black horse, and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hands. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius, three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not harm the oil and wine. Well, consider the many economic experts warning that the current economy is on the verge of collapse. Added to this, the constant talk of digital currencies on the way, shortages, inflation, and more are allegedly coming, growing, creating growing panic and uncertainty, though the wealthy, of course, will remain exempt in large measure. So, seal one, to recap, is Antichrist, who begins his political rise to ultimately become the ruler over the earth after ten kings take up their reign over the tenth part of the globe. Now, we haven't seen that yet either. Seals two, three, and four may happen right alongside the Antichrist political rise, actually adding him in that rise, or aiding him, I should say, adding to the power that he has. All of this could be happening behind the scenes now, in preparation for the reveal at some point in the near future or before 2030. We don't know when the seals will open or how long each will last. Scripture doesn't tell us that. I mean, there's an overall outlook of seven years, but within those seven years, we don't know how long each seal or other judgment is going to take to open, how long it'll be open. So in the end, are we seeing the beginning of the second seal of Revelation 6, 3, and 4, and the third seal of Revelation 6, 5, and 6? Is it possible that they're foreshadowing right now? 
I think it's possible, especially considering the fact that the very first seal has absolutely nothing contained in it that helps us pinpoint the start of the tribulation. And as I've noted, that start could be implied in the first seal, but it doesn't have to be. If there is no real start in the first seal that we can pinpoint, and it has opened to allow the process to begin, well, then the second, third, fourth, and possibly the fifth could also occur as well, providing needed support to Antichrist as he begins to gain power over the earth. Now, I don't believe each seal is separated cleanly from another. And I also believe that there is some overlap. Moreover, it doesn't appear the seals, once released, are recalled. And I think that's an important point. In other words, they don't have a noted end point in Scripture. They're simply released. There are a few seals that, for instance, the locusts are given five months, okay, and then they're done. These particular seals, one, two, three, and four, don't have a necessary recall to them. They're released, and they simply play themselves out for however long that takes. For instance, many economic experts are saying that the next recession, which will likely be another great recession, will last for years, not months. Will an increase in deaths from famine and pestilence coincide with that? It's very possible. So it appears to me that seals two, three, and four support Antichrist's rise to the top to gain world dominance, making Antichrist rise to power that much more easy. So all these things are going to work together for the Antichrist's benefit. Seal 2 is conflict on the earth or removal of peace. Seal 3 is scarcity or famine along with severe inflation. Seal 4 is widespread death. Those things to me seem not coincidental, but they just seem to flow from one to the other naturally. These issues will cause people to increasingly call for someone to solve the problems that exist. And these terrible events will ultimately aid Antichrist in his grab for more power, ultimately becoming the most powerful human being to ever live, who will become the ruler of the world. So I think all these different seals, two, three, and four, are going to come together to work to really give assistance uh, to the Antichrist to help him achieve his goal of world dominance. Now, remember, this coming Antichrist is not one of the original 10 kings that is mentioned in Revelation 17, 11 through 13, though he gains dominance over them. And that says this, the beast that was and now is not is an eighth king who belongs to the other seven and is going into destruction. The 10 horns you saw are 10 kings who have not yet received a kingdom, but will receive one hour of authority as kings along with the beast. These kings have one purpose, to yield their power and authority to the beast. Well, the 10 kings take their position as rulers of the world. What, by 2030? Who knows? Notice the words in verse 12, along with the beast. Verse 13 tells us that the kings have one purpose, which I doubt that they'll realize until they get to that point, and that is to yield their power and authority to the beast, verse 13. And there's something that happens that causes them to yield their power and authority. The book of Daniel goes further into this in uh, verses 
7 and 8 of chapter 7. After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth that was devouring, breaking in pieces, and trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I was considering the horns, and there was another horn, a little one, coming up among them before whom three of the first horns were plucked up by their roots. And there, in this horn, were eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking pompous words. So Daniel describes this fourth empire as dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. This fourth beast, empire, and the beast who controls it, the human being, will literally devour everything in its path, destroying it into submission. Now, it seems to me that this fourth and final empire has to be being built now. Seals 2, 3, and 4 may aid in ushering it in, and if so, may also be occurring to some degree right now. So this fourth and final beast has 10 horns, Revelation 17, and as Daniel looked, he noticed another little horn that came up among the other ten. So he's the eleventh. But he wasn't one of those ten, so he's the eleventh, but he hangs out with the ten. But this little horn plucked up, murdered three of the ten horns by the roots. So this little horn is not afraid to kill people or at least do what it takes to get them out of his way. So after eliminating three, the other seven remaining kings pledge their allegiance to this little horn who turns out to be the Antichrist. So he plucks up three, and then all of a sudden we see Revelation 17, 11 through 13 fulfilled. Verse 13 says, these kings have one purpose to yield their power and authority to the beast. Well, that's how it's done, because he gets rid of three. So what is occurring in this world, I think, is the obvious building of this final fourth beast. Everything that's happening now may well be preliminary to the official start of the coming tribulation. If seals one, two, three, and four have not begun opening yet, we can only assume that when they officially do, their effect on the world will be a hundred times, maybe a thousand times worse than what we're seeing now and what experts are predicting and telling us to expect in the coming months and year. So in conclusion, I believe it is very possible we are seeing and experiencing aspects of the second seal of Revelation 6. The contents of the third seal may be just around the corner, with the fourth seal naturally following that. Again, while I could be 100% wrong, it seems to me that this scenario is very possible. While we're still before the official start of the coming tribulation period, if the first sale or the first seal, pardon me, had a built-in obvious timeline or specific starting point where the rider on the white horse does something very specific that cannot be ignored and noticed, then we would correlate the first seal with the actual start of the tribulation. It seems to me that the first seal provides a general view of the things that will occur, but no specific point we can look to as we can in Daniel 9, 24 through 27 or Zechariah 9, 9 through 10. 
just as examples. Seal 1 appears to be general language that implies a period of time for it to occur. Unlike the events that are pinpointed in other areas of Scripture, like the aforementioned Daniel 9 and Zechariah 9. In fact, if we look carefully, seals 1, 2, 3, and 4 really have no specific timetable that we can see that helps us understand exactly when they will occur or how long each will last. They could unroll slowly over time or occur quickly. It's difficult to know, and God has not, I don't believe, shown us any more specifics to it. So that's where I'm at. Thoughts, comments, feel free to let me know. And uh, I do appreciate the fact that you've taken your time out of your day to listen to this. And until we meet again, I pray that God will open your eyes to show you how blessed you are in Him. You've been listening to Study, Grow, Know with Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Please join us each week for new broadcasts that deal with theology, prophecy, and political issues from a biblical, conservative perspective. 